Hi, my name is Michael Sano. I'm Jewish and I love Israel. So if you love Israel, if you love being Jewish, or if you have an unwavering connection to the land of Israel, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the 12 Cities in Israel podcast. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? My name is Michael Sano, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the 12 Cities in Israel podcast, the only positive podcast about the state of Israel. Um, Hey, uh, first off, first off, first off, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and hit the notification bell so that you get a brand new episode brought to you every single time we put out a new one um so i first before i say anything i want to say thank you thank you thank you to everyone who commented um on the most recent what is it the most recent i think it was the uh the birthday video um i got so many birthday thanks it wasn't even funny it was awesome i really appreciate it uh, you guys are all rock stars. Um, and one, I need to give a, uh, I need to give a quick shout out. And I'm, I'm, if I slaughter your last name, I apologize. Please, please forgive me. Um, David Shalissery, uh, you're a rock star. I am, you're actually one of the reasons why I'm doing the subject that I'm doing today. Um, you commented and told me that you were going, you wanted to go to Israel once, uh, once the COVID restrictions had passed. And when I, I'm assuming when you felt everything was safer again. So one of the things that I did though, is you left your email in the comments and, um, I removed that comment, not because you said anything bad. You were, you were wonderful. You were gracious. But I kind of feel like emails are personal information, and I don't want it out there. So feel free to email me at info at uh, 12citiesinisrael.com. I'll respond to you. I'll get to you. Um, and I will find you that tour guide in Haifa. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of research, a little bit of background next week, and see if I can find someone really good for you. But we are today going to be talking about... Coronavirus traveling to Israel, and I'm not going to get too deep into it because uh, I don't want to get on the radar on the uh, <laughs> the algorithmic COVID nineteen radar. So, um, but again, all you guys who gave me comments, you gave me happy birthdays, uh, uh, well wishes, all that stuff. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Peter, this is for you. This is some coffee, and thank you for the happy birthday wishes. Mm. That's some Jacobs, which is funny because, um, and I've spoken about this before, and but for those of you who are new to the channel, um, Jacobs is a Polish coffee that's drank by like so many people in Israel it's not even funny and instant coffee is doesn't have that um cloud that shade of evil that it has <laughs> here in the United States 
Um, in Europe, I guess uh, instant coffee is pretty much the norm. Here with the Starbucks revolution, the barista revolution, you know, the thought of instant coffee is, I don't know, that's one of those sins that'll get you condemned. So, but I'm willing to be condemned because I love Jacobs. Um, and Peter, that's for you. And I, as I'm talking about it, I'm like, I want more coffee. So hold on. Mm. All right. So David, since this episode pretty much goes out to you, um, we're going to be talking about COVID travel in um, COVID travel in Israel. And I figured what I would do is I would go right to the horse's mouth and I would um, read to you. And, and I don't necessarily like to read on my podcast. I like it to be a lot more spontaneous. Um, I like to take the information down memorize it and then just give it back to you um but since this is from the source the government itself um i'm gonna read it so that there's no ambiguity okay so tourists hiccups from the coffee sorry tourists looking to travel to israel at the moment and until further notice entry to israel will be refused to non-citizens or non-residents of Israel arriving from anywhere in the world. In exceptional cases, one may apply for approval of the foreign ministry subject to proof of the ability to remain in self-isolation for 14 days. Um, and it's... I So Israel's not a third world country. Israel is, in my opinion, a first world country. It has healthcare and facilities um, and a government that is on par with any European parliament, European service, American government, and American service. And uh, when I say service, I mean like the fire department, police department, um, hospitals, uh, food service, all that stuff. You know what I mean? It's, it's up there, the health department. So that's the first part of it. And you can find this and I'm going to put the, uh, I'm going to put the URL so you guys can, can double check. It is Israel.travel forward slash COVID 19. Um, and that's where they put the guidelines. So basically, bottom line, if you're not from Israel, if you don't have an Israeli passport or documentation, you can't come to Israel. Ben Gurion is closed to you. Okay. And now um, I did a little bit of research. Well, no, I'm not going to talk about that right now. I'm going to talk about uh, because the research is going to go into the second thing that I want to talk about about this. Um, David, you're getting a lot of information it's going to be helpful um and to all of you listening and watching it's going to be helpful as well um so i mentioned all this about israel in my opinion being a first world country the way that they are tracking this from what i've read on the website is very third world um and it's with a heavy heart that I have to say that. So in a first world country, if I do something, um, it should be transferred in this digital age to a larger authority 
so that it can be compiled in a database. Correct? Um, it should. It absolutely should. Meaning, I go into the country, I test positive, it should go into a database with my name. I'm not, you know, in America we have HIPAA. I'm sure they have something like that in Israel too. Privacy, of course, is important. Um, the list of people is not open to the public. These are the people with COVID. You know what I mean? Um, but I feel that it should go into a database and I shouldn't have to do anything. I should just get my test. You tell me it's okay. Um, and if it's not okay, you log it into whatever large database that connects to whatever other database, even if that's a monthly phone call with a fax or a PDF that's sent over, and then they manually put that into an Excel document. You know what I mean? It's not that hard. You know, they kept databases in the past, in the 50s and 60s. This is not rocket science. But are you ready for this? If you have COVID-19, okay, you are required to reach out to the Ministry of Health for them to be informed that you have COVID-19. So there is a firewall, and I don't know if it's an intentional firewall or if it's, I'm going to say laziness, um, with, if I, if, if, if I'm in Israel, the, the country's small. I just read an article today that there are 6.8 million, uh, Jews in Israel, um, which is less than I thought, and that they are on, there's 9.8 million people in Israel. Okay. You mean to tell me in a population that small, you can't set up some kind of hotline that I'm not, it, so if I forget, if not forget, but if I decide, you know what, I'm not going to call the Ministry of Health, they don't get that data. How, how ridiculous is that? You know what I mean? I understand the workload of Magen David. I understand the workload of the hospitals. I understand all of these things, but there are only a, a, a number of hospitals in uh, a, a finite number of hospitals in, in Israel. Um, all of the uh, all of the cities, they don't have that sprawl that we have in the United States. Um, all of these cities are kind of localized. Some are, are, you know, a little more, um, what are you, windy, interwoven. Jerusalem being one of them might be difficult. Tel Aviv might be difficult because of the sprawl. But the hospitals themselves, you know, they could get the data, compile the data, and weekly send the data over to the Ministry of Health. You know, if you get, if you test 150 people and and 75 75 of them are positive um and 25 of them decide not to phone into the ministry of health you don't have accurate data i i put that squarely on the healthcare system in israel i've always advocated for the healthcare system in israel but this is kind of i'm going to say it this is crap you know this is bs 
And if I'm wrong, if there is a system like that set up, well, that's awesome. But I was just informed on the website of, uh, of the Ministry of Tourism that if I test positive, that I'm required to reach out to the Ministry of, the, uh, of Health. And that's that's garbage. And I spoke to people who said that the response in, um, in Israel has been kind of balagan. And honestly, one of the most recent things that has basically gone into effect is evidence of that. And I'm not, I'm not here to trash. And I normally my <laughs> my grandmother said, if you don't have anything nice to say, but I, I, this is kind of ridiculous. You know what I mean? You're the tech startup capital of the world. According to you, according to us, according to, you know, people in the business world, and you can't get your S together in order to get this done and get accurate data. You're telling me that I have to go to the Ministry of Health and give you the information myself. You don't compile it when my tests come through. Come on, man. That's 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 clown shoes. That's total clown shoes. So get your act together and do the right thing. And the most recent thing is they've had an uptick in infections. Um, so what they're doing is a three-week lockdown. And people are losing their minds. Um, there's a lot of pushback against this. There's a lot of, I mean, it's just, it's, I'm not saying that there's a problem with lockdowns. I'm saying that it's on a, what was the most recent one was a curfew. So the, uh, what did they say in the article? Are we supposed to think that coronavirus um, goes to bed after 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. or whenever the curfew was put into effect? Um, are you telling me that people don't get coronavirus after after 8 p.m.? So I, I'm, I'm really curious as to who is in charge of this because another thing that I found out from this, which... Under, so it tells you you're not allowed to come in. It tells you what to do if you get it. You're supposed to call the Ministry of Health. But it also tells you what to do if you're in Israel and you have it. You are supposed to call the, I think it, again, is the Ministry of Health. Let me double check. Because um, I want to get this right because, I mean, I was, okay. It is absolutely forbidden to enter clinics or hospitals if you are showing any of the above symptoms. You're supposed to make a phone call. So if you're in respiratory distress, you're supposed to call the operator. My gosh. What the hell are you? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't understand an aspect of it. Um, maybe I just, I, I don't, I don't get this. I don't get this. I don't get this. I don't get this. So David, uh, <laughs> you're not going to Israel for a little while. Um, 
And uh, well, one of the things that they said was, and I wrote this down. So I had, been, I, and, and this is where I'm going to segue into the next part of it, um, where I think there was a, I don't know. I feel like, I, I feel like people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing or taking the necessary risk or responsibility in the things that they should be doing. Let me take a sip of this. Hold on. You are getting rare form Michael Sano right now because normally I'm, uh, I don't touch on these subjects because I don't like to, uh, it's not that I don't like to weigh in, but these are my personal opinions and I don't want them to cloud the overall 12 cities in Israel thing. Eh, I'm taking a risk though. So um, I have been following in the two major English language Israeli newspapers that are read outside of Israel. So their sole function is to transmit news out of Israel to the English language audience. Uh, that would be America, Europe, South America, anyone who, who's, you know, spoke or read English and understood, you know, and, and wanted to know about what was going on in Israel. So the only things that I've really heard about coronavirus are on July 16th, the, uh, they were going to not allow, um, non-citizens into Israel um, until the end of August. I think it was the end of August. Uh, but that's not, I don't think, the headline I had originally read, and I think the headline might have changed. I don't know. Uh, but the headline originally said Ben Gurion closed until the end of August, which I was like, okay. Um, I get it. We're closing stuff. Um, but I was talking to other people and they were telling me, no, that's not true. That's not true at all. Um, the next one I read was August 25th. I read in the Jerusalem post that it would be closed to, um, foreign travelers, people without, uh, people without passports until October 1st. Um, and okay, no problem. So all of these are good pieces of information. All of these are important pieces and needed pieces of information, the problem is these two uh, media outlets, these two news outlets, newspapers that are the primary conduit for Jews in America and Western Europe to understand what's going on in Israel, have solely focused on the politics of coronavirus and have solely focused on... Um, I, personal opinion. A lot of times it's personal opinion. If you go to the Jerusalem Post app, you are inundated immediately with personal opinion from the editor-in-chief. Um, and I feel that that, is, that shows an incredible lack of responsibility in what your role is uh, in the larger scheme of things. Um, you have a responsibility to put out public information during a crisis. And for all intents and purposes, according to the government of Israel, this is a crisis. Instead, you at the Jerusalem Post have chosen to show off why people are, in your opinion, doing the wrong thing 
in COVID response. You have decided to show the bickering and the petty, petty, petty aspect of political life in Israel. And you have an opportunity. I, I wish, I wish, and I'm not calling for anyone to be removed or anything like that because that's the immediate response when someone doesn't do something. Oh, we need to get rid of them. No, not at all. What you need to do is you need to think about the larger picture and what your role is. You are a newspaper for external view. Okay. You are a newspaper for those outside of Israel to understand Israel. Not a newspaper, uh, an opinion newspaper for people to understand how you feel about what's going on inside Israel. I've run into this uh, a lot. And, and thank gosh, the Times of Israel starts from the beginning. When you open their app, immediately you are given the news. You're given what's going on. Um, I have an alert thing on my phone. It tells uh, when rockets um, are shot into Israel. Um, I go to I go to the the Times of Israel, and I can find out exactly what's going on immediately because the Times of Israel takes that responsibility very seriously, and they put that news out there. When there's breaking news, it comes out. The Jerusalem Post has a story about it, maybe four or five blocks down from the main block story, which is how Netanyahu is not doing everything that he could and is killing people in Israel, which he's not. None of them are. Benny Gantz, Gantz all of them, they are doing everything that they can. I'm not saying that they don't do things wrong. I'm saying that the problems you have with them are personal problems and get off of your horse and start helping people. There's information about COVID-19 in Israel that a lot of people outside of Israel want to know about, and they can't speak Hebrew, and they can't read um, the Hebrew newspapers. So I don't know. That's my plea. Um, I, I know it sounds like I'm whining and I'm moaning, but it's just frustrating. Um, I have a guy here that you know wants information and he's going to come to me uh and i'm going to give him the information i'm going to give him the straight dope immediately what he needs to know um and i challenge you jerusalem post and times of israel because at times you do it too to start understanding that your role is that you are a conduit of information what do they say information is power and you're corrupting that power by putting your opinions first. Wow. Okay. I'm probably going to be hated by the Jerusalem Post and the Times of Israel. But, uh, well, one of the things that I do have to say though, is that the news, um, is really good. The, the live action news that comes to, uh, that comes to the United States from Israel, I-24. Um, so Bianca Zanini, what's up? Shout out. Um, I-24 is really good. If you get that on your news channel, watch that. And they also have clips on YouTube. The other one is ILTV. A lot of good information comes through from them. And it's it's it, they take that responsibility seriously. And I really wish Jerusalem Post and, to a degree, Times of Israel, that you guys did the same. Um, now, 
the Jerusalem Post Insider, on the other hand, absolutely does that. Um, and I find that the Jerusalem Post Insider, which is a magazine, and I think I have a copy of it. I will hold on. I have a copy of it probably right here. Uh, yep, I do. Um, the Jerusalem Post Insider. I'm trying to see. I don't want it to have a glare. There. Um, that is objective journalism. And it tells you the story. Um, so kudos to whoever is the editor-in-chief over there. But the rest of you guys, come on, get your act together. Do your job. Um, I feel like a dad. Uh, anyways, okay. So, um, so bottom line, David, you cannot go to Israel right now. Um, it's going to be a while because it's a balagan. It's a mess. Um, and not because of how bad the coronavirus is, but how bad um israel's sort of response to it is um on the ground immediately that ground response is amazing they're doing all they can i know i know doctors i know people in magan david Dome. i know they're all working hard and they're doing everything that they can and the government has the best intentions um but is a lumbering mass that doesn't always serve itself well so um it's going to be a little while but i will keep you in my mind and i will let you know and let everyone else here at the 12 cities news world podcast viewership and listenership know um when israel is open for business and open for business is actually what they really want they want um they want to get back to uh serving their customers serving the tourists serving all of that i'm reading stories about that all the time um all right in this last final five um i am going to let you guys know about um some work that i did this past week on updating the website um, i'm still moving things around to try to figure out what works best but one of the things that i did is i added an entire page an entire page called 12 cities hebrew and what it is is it showcases in a slideshow and it's really kind of cool the way i was able to do it um pat myself on the back oh my grandmother is losing her mind be humble michael um <laughs> but um there's a slideshow of all the olive bet up to dalit all the uh, some of the olive bet flashcards which are going to be for sale in a couple of months and i also added the a uh, couple of examples of the 500 must know hebrew words and uh on the note of the olive bet cards um hadar rabinovich you left a comment about kaf not being kaf and it was with a koof and I, I, I didn't totally understand it. Um, but I think I answered it with the next post, which is, um, Khaf, K H A F, um, which is the softer Khaf. Um, but it, it, you'll know if you go over there. Um, so Khadar, I think I fixed it. Um, but what I want you to do is I do want you to go over to this new page that I set up. I'm going to have a, uh, I'll have a link in the description here. Um, 
and I want you to check it out and I want you to see what we're doing. We are coming up with all kinds of stuff for these flashcards. This, and as I always say, if you wanna culturally know Israel, you, you have to dip your feet into the pool that is Hebrew and try, try, try to learn the language. Um, it is wonderful, it is musical. That's actually one of the things. So, um, um, Mikal, my one of my first my first upan uh teachers um she spoke of israel as being musical the music of hebrew and it's absolutely true and the more and more you get into it the more and more you're going to feel that and you will just really enjoy it plus it will help you order schnitzel and shawarma when you're at the shuk the market so um yeah uh that's 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 my pitch for the flashcards for this episode. Okay, guys, we made it. We made it through it. But go over, check that out. Um, I'm putting up brand new. Uh, I'm putting up brand new flashcards every every single day in print and in script. Um, that's one of the fabulous things about these Alphabet flashcards is that they teach you how to write in print and in script. Um, and I'm putting up a brand new one every day. Uh, so go check it out. 12 cities Hebrew. It is the, uh, it's got its own Instagram, its own Facebook, all that stuff, but you can find it through, um, through 12 cities in Israel, uh, through our website. So, all right. Um, that's pretty much it. You guys, uh, just remember, 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 like this episode, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell and, uh, you can find this podcast if also uh, not just on YouTube, but you can also find it on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify if you want to take it with you. Um, you can also check out our social media, our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, which I mentioned. Um, and yeah, that's it. All right. Yalla, Oh, yeah, you're really cool, huh?